Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today we are episode 844. I think that's what I said. Yes, and I have a special guest today, Aaron Marcus. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. You're, you're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. And I don't uh, put together a, an introduction to see all kinds of cool stuff about you, even though I know you're cool. But I'm going to ask a question to start with that'll let you tell us. And here's the question. So, Aaron, could you tell me how it is that you add good to the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my guiding values, so I used to teach, there's two things here. I used to teach financial planners how to sell long-term care insurance. And one of the things I used to teach them is to show up in a way where you're the calm in your client's storm, where they know that you can help them solve their problem. And now, as I help people grow their business and help people interact and build relationships, the thing that I say to people and that I try to do myself is show up in a way in every situation that the other person feels their life is better off because you're in it. If I love people, that. Go ahead. No, keep going. I mean, if people just entered into any human interaction with the intention of the person they're interacting with being better off, could you even imagine? Like, and it's not hard. <laughs> the only reason I can imagine that is because that's the work I do all the time, every day, all day long, first breath to last. And so, yes, I can imagine. But the answer is it's a it's a massive, monumental change in just the atmosphere that we breathe, practically. So much so. And everyone is worried when when people push back on me in that. They're worried about being taken advantage of. They're worried about being a doormat. I never said not to have boundaries. But if you can lead with empathy and curiosity instead of judgment and anger, yes, you are doing well for others, but the real change is for you. You're, you're just going to be so much monumentally happier yourself. Then I think about that all the time. We were I, was I live in, outside of Chicago. I grew up learning how to drive in Chicago and everything that you're picturing that happens there. And... <laughs> Right. One of the things the driver instructor told us back in the mid 80s when I was learning was the other drivers are not your opponents. Right. The other drivers are not your opponents. But instead of getting mad at the guy who cuts you off. What if they're having a bad day? What if, what if they just they're having an emergency? And at the same time, the snarky, sarcastic Gen Xer in me is like, Hey, if the only thing you have in life that makes you feel good is being in front of me in the left-hand lane, I do not want to be the person that takes that away from you. <laughs> so the, the, I love what you said, and it couldn't, couldn't be better framed. 
So you've described an attitude, a place of um, compassion, of creating positivity from which you come. Tell us more about how you do that. So what is it that you do in the process of being that? Like you don't just sit there in front of those two pictures and be that and radiate that, although it's it's great. It's great. It's a good place to start. The thing I love about my uplifting artwork is it is offset by my Punisher water bottle. (laughs) And now you know everything, right? It's kind of everything you need to know, right? Uplifting artwork, Punisher water bottle. Now you get it. So Yeah, so uh, uplifting artwork and Punisher water bottle. So before you even answer that question, I'm going to ask a different one. We'll come back to that in a minute. So you didn't, to, to choose, to make a conscious choice, to be in a positive, loving space, to be... Uh, thinking like that, how can I add good to this person's life? How can they be better off because we chatted or interacted in some way? That's not a a place a lot of people occupy. So you didn't get there accidentally. No. Uh, you didn't fall up that mountain. Nobody falls up a mountain. So tell me, tell me how you uh, how you got there. What happened? that made you make a conscious choice in your heart. This is who Aaron's going to be. I'm going to show up this way in life. Tell me about that. How'd that happen? I think it's a weird background where, so I went to public school in the seventies and eighties in Chicago Mm -hmm. with people from 22 different countries, which means nobody spoke English and nobody had any money, but we're kids and kids just want to learn how to play together. Yeah, kids are mean, but kids aren't really that mean. Kids just figure out how to play together and how to be together. And one of the things that taught me being immersed in it is people are just people. People are just people. People who are different from you are not different from you. They're just people. And somewhere along the line, in the next step of my journey, I have a journalism degree. And when you go to college for journalism, you are allowed access to things that regular journalists aren't. Like I would have had to be a high level journalist to get to do the things that I was allowed to do as a student journalist. So I covered murder trials. I interviewed politicians that were on their way to federal government. I had access to people who were way above my pay grade, but I got to talk to them and they were nice to me. And you learn again that people are just people. And between that and literally having to support myself since I was 13 years old, you catch more honey with flies and vinegar or whatever the saying is. I'm turning in my mother. I can't come up with a cliche or a saying. Or, yeah, it's I'm getting them all Joy, wrong. It's weird how that happens. But I'm, My wife, Joyce, says the same thing. She says, I'm terrible with cliches. I think it's you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. I think is what it is. But whatever. Right. So number one, I grew up with a wide variety of people. Number two, I'm small. I'm little. I'm five feet tall. I weighed a hundred pounds soaking wet most of my life. I was heavily, heavily immersed with very bad people in high school, very dangerous people. And if somebody was going to get hurt, it was going to be me. So I had to become uber aware of what was going on around me. And it wasn't like I was going to win in a fight. So how, right. It, it, It wasn't a thing. Now, since then, I've been a power lifter and a boxer, and I'll probably win in a fight. But at that, you know, not so much. So how do you maneuver in the world that makes it safe for you? 
well, when you're helping people, people are nice to you. And when I went, right. And then when I went into the job world and I've got to pay my own bills and I want to move up the corporate ladder and I want to do all the things rather than I, I found if I do a good job and I help people, the doors just keep opening. So some of it was serendipitous, like how I survived, how I maneuvered. But then once I left corporate and started my own business, that's when I did much more deep dive intentionally into Mm self-improvement and got the language and the more in-depth study and awareness around what was bred to be a natural inclination. So you had, you had uh, out of necessity, necessity because of your upbringing, and you said you were supporting yourself from the time you were 13. So lots of reasons, and you can elaborate on that in a minute if you want, but you had to do that. And so self-preservation, your physical stature, and being in a dangerous place with some dangerous people uh, made it a requirement for you to learn some things in order to survive and to thrive. I understand that. And then you wanted to get a job. You went to college. Obviously, you said you had a journalism degree and you had some experiences there that you wouldn't have had otherwise because you're a student. And that gave you access to more people. And along the way, instead of, I mean, there's lots of ways this could have turned out. You could have been mad that you had difficulties. You could have. There were those years. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I mean, who are we kidding? (laughs) Right. Mad because you had struggles and life's not fair. And how come this happened to me? And who did this? And what did I do to deserve it? And all the kinds of language that we assigned to that. And somewhere along the way, you learned Kindness, you learned service, you learned what those activities do, doing a good job, helping others, being pleasant, and so forth. So that created a path for you. What happened in your heart that made you decide that that wasn't yours to keep, that you were going to make a habit, a an intentional process of sharing those closely guarded secrets, except they're not those clothes that, you know, but they're almost like magic things, those magic keys. So, you you know, you do that on purpose to share them and to help. Yeah. Yeah. So why are you sharing it instead of just using it for your own benefit? I I don't know that those two things are mutually exclusive. Okay. Because I absolutely benefit when I share it. I absolutely benefit when I share it because then more people want to be around me and my business does better. Like those two things go together. I somewhere along the way, I made a conscious decision. Do I want to be mad? Right. You, my key, like one of the things I tell people become an observer of your behavior. Can you become an observer of your behavior? And I made a conscious choice. Like we see the people who are mad all the time. We see the people who are complaining all the time. We see the people who think they have no agency over their world and they're waiting for some large corporation to rescue them from God only knows what. Like we see that all the time. 
that doesn't look fun, by the way. Like that looks miserable. That doesn't look fun. I want to have a good time, right? Like, I don't want to be miserable. And, you know, call it teenage angst. Maybe it was actual depression. Who knows? There's been times in my life that were hard. I'm human. Humans are messy. I've had messy. But I get to pick. Like, I think the absolute most powerful thing we have as humans is our ability to choose. Is our ability to choose. And I make a conscious choice every single day about what my day is going to feel like. And that has nothing to do with whether it's an easy day or a hard day. That's my choice. I might be doing something I'm bad at and it's going to be a hard day or doing something I'm not thrilled with and it's going to be a challenging day. But that I get to pick how I feel about that. I get to pick my perspective about that. And everyone, and I, I go back to all the, different people I grew up with and all the people that I, you know, the huge amounts of people that I've gotten to interact with and everything is a perspective and I get to pick my perspective. Like you and I could go to a horror, I'll put it this way. You and I can go on a date. We go to a horror movie and it's the most scary horror movie that's, you know, ever been put out in a theater. And you walk out of there thinking that was the best experience I ever had. And I walk out of there, you know, calling the therapist, right? <laughs> The movie didn't change. The movie was the movie. It's 100% perspective. Now, that doesn't mean that there's certain bad things that happen. I, I just I want to say something here. Two things. One funny aside. At one point in time, that movie that would have qualified as the one that we went to would have been Alien. Yeah, oh, I, I don't disagree with you. I walked out of Aliens, too. Uh, you know, well, Alien, of, the no, first no, no, no. one. I walked out of the fly. I walked out of the fly when they squished the dog <laughs> at the drive-in theater. Well, <laughs> the, the Alien, they kept it a secret, remember? You couldn't yes. find out what anything was. Yes. And I remember lines yes. around the block, and that was the best <laughs> marketed, produced, and for that thing. The one, and, yeah, the, the uh, one that got me was Nightmare on Elm Street. The one that got me was Nightmare on Elm Street. I had a hard time. Well, anyway, so this isn't a horror movie (laughs) thing, but so so you've said a couple of things that are really worth digging into. Perspective, that we have a choice, that you, you know, how you interpret a thing, and you gave the example of the movie. All those things are not things that we get taught in school. They're not things that we don't get taught anywhere. They're things you have to go look for. Yes. That kind of instruction, you have to find it in books. You got to get coaches. You got to get a container that yes. that gives you, you know, things like Tolly's The Power of Now or Landmark or you know some of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that says, you know, there's a different way to there's look at life. Way. You know, yeah. Heidegger being in time, whatever it is. So, what? And you said you did some personal development work. What? What brought you? Because this is really powerful stuff. So it's, it's very specific. It, well, it's it very, is. So t- what, what brought you there? I call it Aaron's year of failure. <laughs> I call okay. it Aaron's year of failure. So here's the situation. I was in corporate. Coming out of, I almost dropped out of high school, by the way, because I had other things to do, one of which was going to work. So, I'm, But then I get to college. I'm like, oh, this is more interesting. I do really well. I do well at my jobs. I end up in corporate. I get paid. Um, I have an MBA. I'm getting accolades. I'm getting awards. I'm also getting bored. I got older. I got bored. I knew there was something I wanted, like 
more? What could I have that was of my own? So after 12 years at an amazing company with an amazing mentor, I bought a franchise. My first leap was into the franchise world and I did great, right? My franchise was somewhat in a similar environment to corporate. It was, uh, had to do with taking care of families with aging parents. And I got my office to the top 10 out of 200 in about 18 months because I knew business because I know how to run a business. And again, accolades, they had me training other franchises. They had me speaking at their events. They were getting awards all the time. And then I realized what I really wanted to do, because while I was doing that simultaneously, I was helping people, not just in the franchise system, grow their businesses, but the vendors I was working with, the partners I was networking with, I was helping them grow their businesses. And I got to the point where I had to decide, do I want to stay in this business where I'm in the middle of every client's worst nightmare, just horribly challenging, logistical nightmare, low margins, difficult business, or do I want to move over here where I am the light bulb, you know, making a difference, the light bulb is going off for people. I'm helping them do what they want to do. And so I made that leap where I let go, sold the franchise, closed down the franchise and started my first coaching business. And then I learned the horrible truth, two horrible truths. (laughs) The reason I was so successful in corporate And then in this franchise system, wasn't because of, yes, I did the work, but I was successful on an extremely narrow path that was created and laid out by somebody else. And once those bumpers were out of the gutters, the wheels come off the bus and it just, it just collapsed because I was missing some key pieces. So I I clearly have done the work and now I can jokingly call it Aaron's Year of Failure. I went from multiple six figures in an expense account, you know, top 10 out to $11,000. In 2018, I made $11,000. And if you've ever done accounting, $11,000 gross is a negative net, you know, just saying. It's, it's, this is, right? it's a negative net number, just saying, right? And so there is this, I'm doing all the work, so why isn't it working? What in the bleepity bleep is going on here? And while that realization was going on, I also come across a woman. I was at an event. I was at an event and it was, um, you know, personal development. It was a small event. There's like 25 people. And the, the leader of the event is asking, talking about stuff I did not understand. Natural law, success, losses, success all of that stuff because I went there because I knew my way wasn't working. It was, (laughs) it was, it was that simple. I, there's gotta be a, I'm missing something. I'm missing something because I'm from Chicago, blue collar Midwest. You just work harder, hit the nail harder, do more of it, do it faster, do it harder. It wasn't working. So I go to this event and I meet a woman who was sitting in front of me. And it was really funny because she was doing well at all the exercises. And I individually understood the definitions of the words he was using. But when he put them together that way, I had no idea what he was talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And while he was busy, I started asking her questions. And she did a great job of reflecting back and asking me questions. 
And I just started a relationship with her. And I ended up working with her for three years. And she was the person who helped start my journey of intentionally figuring this out. Because the second horrible truth, you know, the first horrible truth was that my success was because of a narrow path created by somebody else. And then the new horrible truth when I was really out there on my own was the problem I was having wasn't what I was doing. It was how I was thinking. And that's, it's funny. I, 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 people ask me often, well, you know, are you a business coach? Are you a this or that? And I say, well, here's what I notice. 90% of the people that come to find a coach, they're looking to make more money, more clients, more money, more this, more that. And after three or four conversations, we always end up working on the only thing that matters, which is how you're choosing to show up in the world. If you solve that, the rest of these problems simply become projects with steps and activities, and they're no longer problems. So that is the way I describe what you just said. And so please continue. So you learned that it was you and that it was under your control. It took me a while to realize it was under my control. It really did, because it was so... You know, you've mentioned this several times. They don't teach us this. They barely taught me math in Chicago in the 70s. Like, seriously, like, who are we kidding? Let alone this, you know, I was lucky to come out of there being able to, you know, put sentences together in any kind of way, shape or form. This is not high on their list. Well, you're doing well, so you got (laughs) it somewhere. It must be the journalism, right? I read a lot. I I read a lot. And it, it, it... it's a, a natural talent honed in in journalism and then furthered along with a marketing MBA. Communicate with intent. That's the big thing, right? But, the you know, to your point, it's how do you want to show up in the world? And, th- and then the other piece that really, really helped me is to get rid of the word, I need to fix this. Because uh, going back to the perspective thing, The other piece of this that I embrace that helps me with this is I no longer look at anything as broken or fixed. It just is. Because as soon as I start to think the calendar needs to be fixed, my mindset needs to be fixed, the marketing needs to be fixed, the offer needs to be fixed, you get this feeling that one day it's all going to be puppies and rainbows and unicorns and solved. And that's not how this works. I now see everything as a journey as a puzzle that will never be solved. It'll never be solved. And you fall in love with the puzzle. You fall in love with the work. And the curiosity and being interested in what's the next, like the phrase, uh, new level, new devil. I don't believe that. It's new level, same devil, different outfit. (laughs) It's the same pattern. I have one friend, we laugh all the time, like, oh, my God, I hired my mother again. I thought I had solved this problem, right? Like, why does this keep happening to me? Right? We just... So I don't get mad about it anymore. I think the most, one, you know, I said the superhuman power is to choose. And I think the biggest thing you can do for yourself and the hardest thing you could do for yourself is to stop being wrong. Stop making yourself wrong. And just, you know, last year was a horrible year in my business. I tried some things that on paper should have worked, should have been amazing. 
didn't work. Took me a minute, right? Probably took longer than it should have for me to stop it. Probably took longer than I would have preferred for me to pick myself back up. But this is a process. This is a journey. This is like, if you see this as an opportunity to just keep going, what used to throw me for a year, then threw me for six months, and then it's a month. It's neuroscience. You're up against neuroscience. You're not going to change the way your brain works. Its job is to keep you alive. But can you catch it faster and recover faster? Can you get to the point what threw you for a month only throws you for an hour? Can you get to the point where you look at something and well, that sucks, and you just turn and do it a different way? Do you think so? So I hear, uh, I see people say this. And they say things like, uh, everything happens for a reason, or they say different versions of that, like life is designed for us to grow and have these kinds of challenges. And sometimes at the same time, it seems like every time we try to do something, the universe is conspiring against us. And the minute you try to this or that, you know, the jet engine falls on your house or the IRS calls or whatever up here at CRA, Canada Revenue Agency. <laughs> and well, many years ago, funny side story, I got uh, in trouble with CRA and my whole backstory is a mess. So we won't go there. But to, so well, just, I can, well, you shouldn't have said that because I know I'm interviewing you on my podcast. And now you well, just that's OK. And on yours, I'm I, I'm an open book. I, I've written 19 books. What do you need not, to know? <laughs> so anyway, I got this uh, text uh, SMS from someone that said, or actually it was a phone call, someone that said they were from CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, because I live in Canada now. And uh, my wife and I are both dual national. Anyway, th then I realized they never call you. They would have sent a letter. So I knew it was spam or scam or whatever. But for a moment, I went, oh, crap. What did I, what, <laughs> what now? did I do now? What are we doing now? But anyway, so the idea that, that, yeah, life has twists and turns and everything else, and it's all uh, of bigger design, and the, the the pieces are fun and interesting and sometimes a pain in the butt, but it's a, it's a there's stuff more important than that at stake. What do you think about it, all that? I am so not fluffy. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do the fluffy. I don't, it's not that I don't, I'm not the, the way that I describe my coaching side of my business is I am not the puppies and rainbows and unicorns version of life coaching. I want you to be happy. My job is to help somebody get out of their own way in the moment so that they can do the thing they said they wanted to do. I have not personally rectified source, universe, God. I don't do organized religion. I have no problem with it. My boyfriend goes to church every week. I have zero problems with it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. So for me, to answer your question, from my perspective, Mother Nature, if I want to put something out there, Mother Nature is my version of source. Okay. Um, to that effect, to your original question, I've for 15 years have volunteered every week in dog rescue and wildlife rescue and my foundation launches this year. So, oh, so I'm going to stop you right there. I want you to go on, but in the same thing. Yet, I'm not going to do this organized crap and all this fluffy woo-woo. I get it, and I call it all woo-woo, and I'm both. My executive career was in hardcore science, and my coaching is now, you know, I'm going to move to Vancouver Island next year and be in woo-woo nice. central, okay? 
But, I'm woo curious. <laughs> That's all uh, okay. I can So, so he, here's the thing. Why do you give a crap? Like, if there's nothing more, you know what I'm saying? Be- what is it that draws your heart? To help others because there's that, something yeah. more to it. I'm challenging you. There's something more to it than just, okay, that's a nice way to make money and it makes me feel good. I'm betting there's more to it than that. So tell there me I'm very wrong. Possi- I don't know. There very possibly is. It doesn't, um, I do, f- if I'm going to have to put language around it, it would probably be a pantheist view mm-hmm. where everything is connected. Okay. Right. If I had to pick one, I would lean towards a pantheist view, this idea that everything's connected. Um, I remember times in my life where, well, I'll, I'll back it up one step further for you. I'm Jewish. I okay. grew up. I grew up where a lot of my friends' grandparents had numbers on their arms. Mm-hmm. I personally have never seen the upside of organized religion. Mm -hmm. I have only personally witnessed people using it to be crappy to other people. Mm -hmm. If, if it, my boyfriend goes to church, if it makes him, he says he feels that's fantastic. So to me, what is it like? I, the, the one answer I can't come up with the one question I can't come up with is the spark, the imagination. I think everything can be explained by science, but what made the first thing breathe? Well, what is the design of the whole process? Yeah. And this I don't know agency that, that you this agency that you talked about allows us to create. I mean, this would be the you know the beginning of a long conversation that would be, you know, much, much longer than the episode. I want you to so so I hear that and I'm going to leave this piece knowing that there is um, a history that has given you this view, which is absolutely respectable and true and right, especially given where it came from, but also knowing that there is something in you that draws you to volunteer, to love, to serve, to give, and to do those things besides the neurotransmitter cocktail that creates in us to make us feel good. Because somebody designed us so that the flippin' neurotransmitters make us feel good. Right. And I, I, yeah, and I don't, I don't disagree with it. I use the word universe personally, like when I. You can call it non-duality, which is that (laughs) everything is connected. Right. If I have to think of something, I know there's um, different cultures have different gods that they talk about, creation Mm -hmm. and and nature. And I go back to the, we're all connected. I don't know that I've rectified that answer. Good. Let's just leave it there. Cause I want to know it's a curious about it. I'm very curious about it. Cause I don't disagree with the statement that why beyond feeling good to have this level of drive doesn't necessarily. Well, I would invite you besides the episode here, I would just invite you to sit with that question. And maybe we can talk about it more tomorrow when I'm on your show and uh, maybe not, uh, whatever. But I, I want to give you, you a chance. You let into some good stuff for you. Oh, like, uh, you know what? I you open some doors. I live and breathe. <laughs> I live and breathe all of it. So anyway, so I want you to now t- uh, t- 
take a moment to teach. So if someone comes to you, I love what you said about you, people tell you what they want and you help them understand what's in the way. And usually it's them and their attitudes and how they're showing up in life and their beliefs about what they can and can't do and all the rest of it. How do you start with someone? Someone comes to you. You said you're a business strategist. You call it consulting. Yet, you know, to me, there's two lines. This is the goal line and the soul line. Excuse the spiritual reference. The goal line is just a bunch of project steps. There are no problems on the goal line. It's just project. The problems occur on this line where we yeah. get this belief crap stirred up in there that gets yes. in the way of what we think we can do, which is anything we want, but we don't think that. So somebody comes to you, how do you start? What do you make an assessment of and how do you start helping me so that I sure. begin to see the vision that's more expansive? So the consulting side is easy. I absolutely agree with you. The consulting side is easy. It's, it's really three steps. The first thing we figure out is what do you want? I think most people in business, the reason they're having problems is they don't know what they want. I couldn't they don't agree know more. Keep going. They, don't know, they have no idea. You know, the, the first thing they'll tell me is they want a million dollars. They want a million dollar business. That gives me no information. That would be equal to me saying I'm, I'm currently trying to build a screen and porch on my deck and I call the contractor and I said, I've got 20 grand for this project. Okay, but what do you want? I don't know. I got 20 grand for it. Well, do you want electricity? I don't know. I got 20 grand for it. Well, do you want an indoor outdoor three seat? I don't know. I got 20 grand for it. And that's how people are running their businesses. 100%. So the first thing we have to figure out is what do you want? Not just a million dollar business. You could have four clients and have a million dollar business. You could have a hundred dollar offer and have a million dollar business. Those are very different businesses. Mm -hmm. So we figure out what we want. What are we creating? And then we go back to where we are now. And we just, to your point, this is not hard. We make action plans under the categories of business. Um, how are we structured? What is our offer? What is the prices? How are we delivering it? Under our marketing, how are we going to market? What are our strategies? Making sure we are nicely diverse with our strategies on how we're growing our audience, doing lead gen, converting those into sales conversations, able to close sales conversations, and that we have the right team supporting the machine. Like this is not, it's not any more complicated than that. Where we get stuck is what they're willing to do, right? Yes. How many times have you and, had someone come say, you say, what are you willing to do to get this? Oh, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And you give them a list of four things and they go, oh, I didn't know you meant that. And we all have this, by the way, I go back to, I'm, I, I know where my limit is. It's just, like I said, new level, same devil, different outfit. You just keep pushing your limits. Human brains do this really messed up thing to us where everything is all or nothing. Everything is all or nothing. We either can do the big scary thing or we do nothing. So one of my key strategies to help people is to break it down into the find the thing they can do. Because it's a spiral staircase. The way up in your new beliefs, in your ability to take new action, it's a spiral staircase. You only need to know what like two steps are. Because action cures fear. Action cures fear. So if I can figure out what you're willing to do and what you're able to do, and we get the momentum behind that, and then we take the next step. And then we take the next step. It's the it's a journey. It's not a leap. It's a journey. You can run up the stairs. You can crawl up the stairs. 
but you can't jump over the stairs. So this is fabulous. And now this is an exact perfect place to ask the very last question, because I know there's a ton more for you to teach, but I want to leave people dripping in curiosity. (laughs) So what I'd like you to do is tell us all exactly how to find you, where to find your stuff, how to get on your list, how to find your freebie, your lead magnet, or whatever you want to tell us so that we can uh, go away with knowing what to do next. Awesome. So make it real easy for you. It is all in one place. That's a big marketing tip. If you're listening, make it easy for people. It's all in one place. Conqueryourbusiness.com. If you go to conqueryourbusiness.com, we have a free resources page. My podcast is there. Links to the social is there. Links to connect with me is there. It's all at conqueryourbusiness.com. Aaron, I want to thank you for your for your heart for that question that you, for the good teaching there. And that spiral staircase thing is a good metaphor. And it's a good true thing. You can't skip the steps. You can crawl, you can run, but you have to go, you have to take the staircase. Also the openness and welcome puppy to the show. Oh yeah. It's dinner time downstairs. (laughs) Yeah, It's all good. There is a puggle starving to death. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. So thank you for that. And, 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 you know, in the question of, you know, the grand design, that's a good thing to leave floating in the air also. Yes. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I want to give you all an encouragement to go back. Erin has given us some really special things. Uh, the first and most important is her heart. The second is her willingness to share. And third, although not least, is all the good tidbits and instructions. And I can tell you, Wherever you are in your business, the things that she has taught you will be will serve you. But if and only if you go take them and do them on your way to build your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet